BlackBerry wants the must-have device in business, but now it's almost become a dinosaur in the modern touchscreen landscape. But how did this happen? Losing the signal is the story of the mobile phone that toppled global giants before succumbing to the ruthlessly competitive forces of Silicon Valley. Jackie Manish, the author, joins me down the line now. Jackie, in 2009, BlackBerry controlled half of the smartphone market, but today that number is less than 1%. What went so wrong? Surely it just can't be a case of failing to adapt, as so many people say. There's two things. One, there was a failure to pivot quickly, which is what you need to do in the modern technology world. And the other factor, I think, is that the pace of disrupted disruption in technology has accelerated so much. And the smartphone race between BlackBerry, Apple and Google with Android and Samsung with its low-cost Android phones was one of the most brutish competitive races we have ever seen. BlackBerry introduced the first one in 1998 and within less than a decade uh, had become a $20 billion company out of almost nothing and it had become a global race where today more than a billion people are buying smartphones annually. Well, Apple was so incredibly brave and forward-thinking, scrapping its iconic wheel design in favor of touchscreens. Why didn't BlackBerry do similar? Because they started off so innovative. I would challenge you on the notion of Apple being brave. I would say a, a better word might be shrewd. They took what BlackBerry created, which was the ability to transmit data over, over, the, over the carrier wires to a handheld device, and they, they pioneered the use of email transmissions on a mobile device combined it with a smartphone. Apple looked at that and recognized, and this is their shrewdness, Steve Jobs, and saw that it was going to be a much bigger market than the computer market. In 2007, when he walked onto that stage in California and introduced the iPhone, he changed the name of Apple computers to Apple because he saw it was going to be a bigger market, and he brought a more sophisticated, enhanced device that was going to bring you not only an internet browser, it was going to bring you a phone, the ability to download music and videos. And it was an extraordinary step forward, but it really was just an enhancement of what BlackBerry created. And what BlackBerry failed to understand was that this was possible because Mike Lazaridis, the inventor of the BlackBerry, looked at this and said, this is ridiculous. They had grown up in an environment where carriers had very limited bandwidth. And he said, the system can't handle this. He was right for the first two years, but then he was wrong because the carriers adapted. Now you wrote that the very moment BlackBerry was ranked the world's fastest growing company, internal feuds and chaotic growth crippled the company as it faced its gravest test. Apple and Google's entry into mobile phones. Talk me through this. This is a company that went from zero to 100 in less than a decade. It was a small company above a bagel store in rural Ontario. It was scaling to keep up, keep up with demand. It had one factory in Waterloo. It needed to have four overnight. It was growing at a rate of 20 to 25% every quarter, which is almost unheard of. Everywhere in the world had to have a BlackBerry. So they were so focused on keeping up with this demand. They didn't fully understand how quickly the iPhone was going to take hold. The Shakespearean tragedy element of this story is that Mike Lazaridis and Jim Balsilli, the co-CEOs, had a falling out over a regulatory issue involving the backdating of stop options. There was a sense of betrayal. As a result of it, they remained CEOs, but silos grew within the company. It became very confusing to understand what the leadership wanted 
because they started to move in different directions. Blackberry's story is one of partnership between Mike Lazaradis and Jim Basili. What did they get right? One, they were in the right place at the right time. The world was chasing this dream of a handheld communications device. And what they got right was that they created a very simple device. Remember Apple's Newton? It was a disaster. The tablet with the stylus, that software didn't work. Motorola was in this space. IBM, everyone was chasing this dream. They got it right because they did a very simple thing. They created a, a device and their own network, which no other smartphone company in the world has, that enabled simple data transmissions over the limited bandwidth of the carriers at the time. So it was an intuitive, easy machine to understand. You know, CEOs, lawyers, and bankers, God bless them, they're not known for their technology expertise. They could pick up these things and within 20 minutes knew how to use it. Now, some people do say BlackBerry's time simply came and went. What do you make of this? Disruption increasingly is brutal and fast. You look at what's happening in the world today, whether you're a taxi driver, whether you're a banker, your world is being turned upside down by the digital internet-based world that has apps for the job that you've been able to, to do for years without a whole lot of competition or innovation. You know, you get a couple things wrong and you are left behind. And the other thing I would say is that the race is not over. BlackBerry is alive. It didn't go belly up. It kept enough money in the bank and enough innovation left to survive a very difficult period. There was a time 10, 20 years ago when it looked like Apple was heading to the toilet. It didn't. Steve Jobs came back, moved the company in a different direction. So this race is ongoing. So what would you say companies can learn off the back of the BlackBerry story? You cannot fall in love with your product and think that you can keep it going forever. I think that what people have to understand today is that the barriers of entry have come down. Well, finally, you said that BlackBerry is still alive. So can you see the company ever making a comeback? I think it's getting harder and harder. They're now less than 1% of the market. They're moving out of the handset business like everyone else is. Apple is shrinking its production of iPhones. We're seeing the same with Samsung trying to figure out what its next chapter is. Google has so many things going on. It's diversified that it's going to be okay. So I think the question is, where does it go next? And we really don't have a clear read on that. John Chen, the new CEO, has sort of kept his cards close to its vest. A lot of people think this is a candidate for a takeover. That may be the ultimate uh, uh, end story for this company. Or maybe they have something in the laboratory that we don't know about. Haven't seen it yet, so we'll just have to wait and see.